Welcome to Aquarian Diary, where we discuss issues around the emerging age of Aquarius. I'm your host, John Irving. Thank you for joining me. Greetings all, it is September 26th, 2022, although this was almost exclusively recorded yesterday, September 25th. I'm recording this in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, which recently bore a significant amount of the brunt of Hurricane Fiona, which first hit Puerto Rico and then came up the east coast of North America and made landfall in part of Nova Scotia called Cape Breton. With the exception of a few pockets, most people in the province here in Nova Scotia have had no power, and people in the province of Prince Edward Island also have had no power, and there has been significant damage as well in parts of Newfoundland. It's a bit noisy around here right now because people are running on generators, and there are street crews who are starting to clear up the mess. There have been a tremendous amount of limbs come down from trees, trees toppled into the street, and it'll take quite some time for things to return to normal and be cleared up. I myself have not ventured very far, maybe a block from where I am, because we do not want to impede cleanup crews and things like that from doing their work. We are fortunate here. We have a very good generator, which is hardwired into several circuits in this house to keep critical things running in such instances. To my surprise, our internet never actually got disconnected. There was no cellular service until late yesterday. The storm started occurring Friday night and raged all through Saturday morning and into the afternoon. Today is Sunday. Many people reported seeing what they thought were lightning strikes, but it was actually power lines arcing and transformers blowing up, illuminating the night sky in the city here. We really started to prepare as the hurricane approached. You were not able to get propane or jerry cans for gasoline, or many other supplies, even a couple days before the actual hurricane arrived here. And of course, when the power is out, you can't pump gas, so we had to stock up on quite a bit of gasoline to keep the generator running, because it could be days before the power is restored. And in rural outlying areas, people may be without power for days, or in some cases, even weeks. Crews have been brought in from other regions to assist with putting things back together. Even though by the time it made it here, it had been downgraded to a post-tropical storm, there were still wind speeds that would be equivalent roughly to hurricane level two or even approaching three in some cases. So it was a very significant storm and it was very large, covering a large geographic area as it swept through. It produced a record low barometric pressure for this area. The lower the barometric pressure, the higher the wind speeds generated. There were many instances of wind speeds of over 100 miles per hour, or roughly 170 kilometers an hour. 
there's an island off the coast of Nova Scotia, about 100 miles offshore from the mainland, called Sable Island. And on Sable Island, there were wind speeds recorded of 250 kilometers an hour, or 155 miles per hour. If this storm had tracked a little further to the west, and those kinds of wind speeds had occurred on land here, it would have been complete devastation. So we were fortunate the storm kind of went offshore a bit and then took a hook to the west, hitting Cape Breton. But if it had come a little sooner, a little faster, it could have been much worse. Now, my view and my great concern is, is that all coastal regions along the eastern seaboard of North America will be experiencing these kinds of things with greater intensity and more frequency as they already are. That's a fact. And eventually, a very significant storm will reach the eastern coast here, and it could produce damage that could literally take a very long time to restore if ever. We lost a lot of very old trees. This region is old. The first European settlers here arrived in the 1600s. So there's a lot of old structures and a lot of big mature trees that are very beautiful. And it's very sad every time we lose a lot of those big old trees. Of course, there was very significant coastal erosion, which occurred as a result of the storm surge, plus very high waves. There were waves of 40 feet, or around 12 meters in some areas. And of course, very significant rainfall as well. So when that happens, when a significantly more powerful storm occurs in the future, and it is probably an inevitability because the coastal waters off the coast of North America up here, around Maine and so forth, have been as high as 6 to 8 or even 10 degrees Celsius warmer than normal, and that warm water is what provides fuel to these storms. In the past, hurricanes would move north, and as they got to colder waters, it would dampen them. As those coastal waters are very significantly warmer than normal, that allows these storms to have greater size and intensity as they move north. So I have to be honest, and I hate to say this, but personally, I believe it does not make sense to be located in this region. For example, Prince Edward Island, which is an extremely beautiful province with fantastic beaches and coastline, it's just bucolic. It's effectively a giant sandbar in many ways, very low, uh, with clay-type soil and with sea level rise and these increasing storms, those coastal regions are just going to eventually become very difficult places to sustain habitability because of what will inevitably occur. And so I grew up here, but I would probably situate myself in an area that is not prone or subject to hurricanes. That doesn't mean you're not going to have things like tornadoes. They're fairly rare in Canada, but they are increasing in frequency as well. But 
hurricanes cover a very large geographic region. I believe this storm was 100 miles in diameter, that being the portion of it which had very high wind speeds. And so that can take out an entire maritime province like Nova Scotia or Prince Edward Island, which are fairly small geographically. So it'll be very expensive every time infrastructure has to be repaired after these major events. And coastal properties are at very high risk because they tend to be the most exposed to both storm surges, waves, and winds. Now those coastal properties currently have the highest value because of their benefits for recreation. But at some point people will realize that their entire property is effectively at risk. And that will surely have an effect on the value of those properties. If we got hit with a Category 3, 4, or even potentially, although it's hard to conceive, but if we got hit with a Category 5 hurricane, it would be complete devastation. Structures would probably be flattened all over the place, and the entire grid would probably be taken out in its totality, or 90% of its totality anyway. So longer term, this presents all kinds of very significant challenges. There was no significant loss of life. I think there was one person who got swept out to sea in a house. So we're grateful for that. But still, there are hundreds of thousands of people in this region without power. And that could persist for days to come. And somebody has to pay, inevitably, to repair all this infrastructure. The cost has to come from somewhere. The power companies are not going to absorb that. They're going to pass it along to their customers. So, always good to be prepared in advance. Have all your food and water, water for flushing your toilet, ways of charging your devices, cooking, get a little induction cooktop or something that doesn't use a lot of electricity. A barbecue at the right time of year can be handy for cooking food. Hopefully you can keep your freezer and fridge running. Warm clothes, because of course you will not or may not have heat during this period. A battery-powered radio is a really good idea. CBC Radio here broadcast all night with storm updates. And for most people, there was no cell phone service, no internet, no power. And so the radio is really the only form of being updated. And in the event of really severe situations, that could be extremely important to have on hand. As I record this now, there is a very significant hurricane headed towards Florida and a very serious typhoon headed towards the Philippines. So this hurricane season started out slow. We were all a little puzzled why nothing had occurred and we were already midway through September, but it looks like it's going to end with a bang. Yesterday I was catching up on things, so I was doing a lot of reading and listening, and I was all fired up to talk about a subject that continually comes up for me, and I struggle with this. And I've talked a lot about this before. It pertains to this polarization that's going on in the world, this polarization between generally the political left and the political right. I often hear things that, to me, 
either suggest or imply that we should maintain a degree of indifference or complacency. Based on all of my reading, which again I do a significant amount of, I do not think it is wise or prudent for us to underestimate the threat from the political right these days. We have increasing levels of extremism, and based on my reading and understanding about what a lot of these people want to do or would desire as outcomes, they represent clear and present danger to the foundation of society. Many of these people actually wish to do physical harm to other people and institutions, resulting in some form of authoritarianism or theocracy or even outright fascism. These terms have been thrown around a lot in recent years and are increasingly being used to describe the agenda of the right. So to me, it is a complete false equivalency to state that these two perspectives are simply different ways of managing our affairs. In one scenario, which is increasingly realistic, a tremendous amount of suffering and oppression would result. And in my experience, you can never really appease bullies. In fact, the worst thing that you can do is to coddle them. Because on the basis of their very nature, they will use that opportunity to actually cause harm to others. So you have to stand up to bullies, which is what really these people are. They want to impose their worldview and their perspective of order on others. And typically, there is a lot of racism involved in this and misogyny. And the outcome could be that we lose liberal democracy as a result. Now, I'm not saying that's actually going to happen, but what I'm saying is, is that we can't be complacent about it. Yeah, sure, maybe some people incarnated here to have these kinds of experiences. I've talked before about how I cannot even comprehend how it's possible for someone like Vladimir Putin to even exist. He basically now wants to send millions of unwitting and unwilling Russian citizens to fight his petty war with Ukraine because he's probably embarrassed that he's getting his ass kicked, essentially. And he should be. And these people, like Putin and the former guy in the United States, in my opinion, and this is for entertainment purposes only, are effectively criminals. So what we've done is we've allowed criminal elements to get into the highest positions of power and authority in our societies. And that right there has to be stopped. It suggests, and I wanted to do a whole episode about this before, it suggests that we need new laws or that we need to redefine our laws to keep these people out of power, sociopaths, psychopaths, and the like. But our corporate and business sectors, our banking, our governance, the way it's set up, sociopaths and psychopaths have a higher than normal percentage of likelihood of actually being in positions of power and influence. And again, I've talked about this at great length. That needs to be corrected because the fate of civilization is literally at stake. Many of the people on the right do not want to do anything about climate change, for example, and that has the potential to literally 
bring civilization to its knees, for reasons I have discussed previously. So the fate of planet Earth and its habitability is literally at stake. We're talking about billions of human beings. It's possible that there are no inherently evil souls, but to suggest that human beings don't or can't do evil things is patently absurd and ridiculous. History is littered with countless examples of insanely grotesque atrocities. So, yes, we can do prayers and set intentions, which I've also talked about, but we also need to be engaged. I was reading about the prospects for the U.S. midterm elections, which are coming up, and some of the press were interviewing people to find out what their primary concerns were. And to many people, inflation is the main issue. And yes, clearly that's a concern. But the very top issue should be democracy and its viability and the threats to democracy. Because if we don't have democracy, if we have some kind of fascism or authoritarianism, it will be a complete disaster for countless generations to follow. So many people are motivated by short-term primary immediate concerns, and they're not engaged on bigger issue topics. Unfortunately, there is going to be very significant levels of migration, and we're going to have to deal with that. So these kinds of hot-button issues are probably only going to worsen in the coming years. And to deal with that in a healthy way is going to require good governance. So when I'm reading, I worry a lot about these kinds of things. And I also worry when people sort of in the spiritual or psychic community suggest or imply that we should effectively coddle people who through their ignorance or actual malice want to destroy the fabric of liberal democracy. Perhaps conservatives have been bludgeoning us for so long about being biased that people started to overcompensate. There is nothing wrong with being biased. Spirit is biased, as I have argued here and elsewhere. They want a positive outcome for all, ideally. They do not want us to destroy this planet, clearly. That's a bias. It is okay to be biased towards positive outcomes or preferences. This should not need to be said. It's just common sense. It has been stated many times that reality has a liberal bias, and I actually think that is factually accurate. If that were not true, why do right-wing figures and politicians need to lie constantly about everything, in some cases tens of thousands of times? If you think people that lie or spread ridiculous, dangerous, or harmful conspiracy theories are acting irresponsibly, I assure you, you are correct. To put this in context, we can ask a very simple question. If you were a Ukrainian, would you be fighting Russians? To me, my answer would be hell yeah, 
I would be out there defending my country from being invaded and taken over by a brutal dictator. Absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of like what we're dealing with in Europe and North America here right now is, are you going to sit by and let these criminals who want some kind of neo-feudalism or monarchy, <laughs> effectively, with their idiotic and nonsensical and completely detached from reality policies, which generally tend to benefit the extremely wealthy, take over our governance. The next step would be actual conflict. And that's still a possibility. There are many people still writing and expressing their concerns about those kinds of outcomes. Or people who want to corrupt the electoral system Many Republicans have already stated that they will not accept the election outcomes if they lose. Well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I mean, what kind of people are these? So, yeah, it's existential. So I would personally take a karmic hit to do what I think is the right thing under certain scenarios. Because the alternative is just almost unthinkable. On a spiritual level, yeah, maybe there's people here who incarnated to have all these terrible, difficult, challenging experiences at the hands of vicious tyrants. But I say, let them all go incarnate on some other planet. We can use our free will and our intentions to opt for a more sane, a more just, a more fair, a more egalitarian world. I think that's what's happening here. The universe is kind of watching to see how this is going to play out. Obviously, as I've stated before, they seem to have a bias. Otherwise, why would they be talking through all of these channels and psychics and mediums? And I share that bias. I certainly do not think we can coddle crazy conspiracy theorists, racists, misogynists, xenophobes, and people like that, because that's not the kind of world I want to live in, or that I want future generations to live in. And I most certainly do not want a biosphere that has been degraded to the point where only a small percentage of human beings can survive. Again, just ask yourself the simple question, if you were Ukrainian, would you be fighting against Russia or not, or would you be a coward and leave or subject yourself to that humiliation of being overruled by a kleptocratic dictator. And we've also seen and become aware of the atrocities that Russian forces have inflicted upon innocent Ukrainian civilians. There is no depravity that these kinds of people seem to be incapable of. Putin now is literally holding the whole world hostage with threats of use of nuclear weapons. This should literally be inconceivable. It is that alarming. We have to stop financing these terrorists. The hammer should have come down in 2014 when he illegally invaded Crimea. And we continued to buy Russian oil and gas while the Russian population was egregiously oppressed and robbed this is the price we pay when we do business with dictators and authoritarians. And China is in that camp as well.
Personally, I thought that holding the Olympics there was inappropriate. I did not watch a single event during those games. What's happening now is karma. Karma for our complacency, indifference, and lack of moral compass. It's just like World War II. If people hadn't stood up to you-know-who, the whole Western world would be under a fascist dictator right now with horrific implications. So to me, it's black and white. And I think this needs to be pointed out to people who suggest that we should coddle people politically or socially. The anti-abortionists, the fundamentalists, the next thing on their list is birth control. What century are we living in? God. I would have probably stated all this more emphatically yesterday when I was really worked up about it. But going through something like this hurricane is quite stressful, and it can be quite exhausting. I mean, it's possible that if Fiona had a track that was a little more westerly, we could be in much more dire circumstances here right now where I am, or if it had been a little bit more intense or whatever. So I'm very grateful that that didn't happen. But everyone around here is a bit anxious right now. Changing topics. I am a bit perturbed about the commenting system on YouTube because a lot of comments do not display to the public, even though when I inspect them there appears to be no credible or reasonable reason why they would not be displayed to other people. It's very strange. You can see for yourself just by looking at a video and seeing how many comments are indicated numerically, and then if you actually scroll down and look at the comments you'll see that there's a difference between the number and what are actually displayed. And the number can be quite significant, meaning that there are many invisible comments. And that bothers me because I think what it's doing is it's impeding our ability to share and connect and discuss things. On Facebook, I used to, I would sometimes get over a hundred comments on my posts. And then some right-wing person got into my community and flagged a bunch of my stuff, and now hardly anyone comments on my posts on Facebook. Even though I don't post anything objectionable, I'm just posting factual links and content. And so these social media platforms can really have a big effect on our ability or inability to communicate. Say, for example, there's someone who works there who has a right-wing perspective and they don't like your content, they can just reduce your status with a few clicks so that you don't get as much exposure or views. And this is an injustice, in my opinion. I don't post conspiracy theories. I don't post anything that isn't factually oriented. And yet there are implications to this. So I don't think social media actually represents an accurate depiction of what's going on, because most people have no idea about how or whether they are being filtered through various algorithms shadow band or whatever. If you look at what's really popular on YouTube, it's mostly like really fluffy garbage. They have actually started really promoting these shorts, which everyone does, these like one minute long videos. And yeah, I guess if you have an attention deficit disorder, that makes sense. But this is completely fluffy nonsense. It's garbage. And that is becoming more popular. Next, they'll want you to make a hyper-exaggerated expression to the point of ridiculousness while you point at something for your video thumbnail in order for it to be popular. No. 
It probably isn't going to help me to be so critical of these platforms, is it? So I do have concerns about any reliance on social media platforms. They could turn things off in an instant. The Texas law that I've talked about, HB 20, that would radically alter the playing field for social media. So I do have deep in my gut this worry about how we're exposed by relying on these corporations. If, for example, the GOP was elected, they could effectively completely disconnect us. Again, that's why I created my contact list. I think that's something we really need to be aware of, that all of this stuff that we're accessing right now on YouTube, we can't 100% rely on it. Hopefully it works out, but it's always in the back of my mind. I worked in social media for years. I understand how technology and software and algorithms and things like that work probably more than the average person. So yeah, I think there's a vulnerability there. Some people have 50,000 followers. One day you just might wake up and you might not be able to access any of them. The fact that completely acceptable comments are not being displayed to other people is a potential precursor to something like that. It's on the record that many of these large high-tech companies from Google to Apple and many others have kowtowed to the Chinese government, for example, in terms of censoring content and also providing, in some cases, not all, but in some cases, providing information about users to such authoritarian governments with seriously questionable human rights records. So what would happen under a Republican administration with someone less inept than Trump at the helm? As we're going into eclipse season, there's a new moon eclipse occurring in Scorpio on October 25th. And then there's the eclipse on November 8th in Taurus, which is the same day as the U.S. midterm elections. Things are going to be really intense. Scorpio, Taurus, this axis. I haven't really talked about the Scorpio eclipse in detail, and I'm not sure I'll have time. Maybe. Um, but this period of time is going to be really intense. Like, one of the things I noticed recently was that it seems like every few hours there's a major news event, and it's overwhelming. Things are happening really fast. So I expect that to be the case right up through November 8th and then beyond, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of contested electoral issues after November 8th that will be dominating headlines. So this is a really intense period. Hang in there. Stay grounded. Keep fighting the good fight. Don't be complacent, please. Don't take democracy for granted. Don't take our freedoms for granted. Don't take the future for granted. The top priorities should be figuring out how millions of people have gone crazy and why, and then fixing that, whatever it is we have to do. And secondly, figuring out how we get sociopaths and psychopaths out of positions of leadership and significant influence. Now, maybe there are some healing protocols that could be employed. We have many rules and regulations which protect us from criminal activity. 
I'm not suggesting those are employed justly, fairly, or effectively all the time. Nonetheless, they are in place. And at the very least, they are a deterrent. People who threaten the stability of our society, the welfare of our society, and the future for generations to come, likewise, we need to be protected from them. This is very clear if we objectively look at the evidence. Internationally, we can use trade and commerce as a lever to influence dictatorial and authoritarian regimes. Human rights abusers, environmental villains, and other bad actors. Our very survival may depend upon it. And that is not hyperbole. The age of Aquarius is about global consciousness. We need rules, and they need to be enforced for how we are going to work together on a planetary basis if we want to survive. This is essential. I wish you all the best and thanks to those who sent comments of support about Hurricane Fiona. Thanks also to all of those who have signed up to my contact list, which you can access on my website. Take care, talk to you again soon, and thanks for everything.